0: Hi, I'm Andrew Hoffman, executive director of NeighborLink 4 Wayne, and welcome to Neighboring, a series where we ask our friends and neighbors, what does it mean to be a good neighbor? In a day and age where we're trying to figure out what does it mean to be a good neighbor, a good person, what it means, what it doesn't, we thought it would be a great idea to sit down with uh, a wide variety of people and ask them the question, what does it mean to be a neighbor? And today, we're here with Ed Finstermacher, uh, the ultimate neighbor. Um, the neighbor, the Mr. Rogers neighbor that you know. Oh, right. And uh, <laughs> so we want to take some time, uh, Ed and I are neighbors, uh, we've been neighbors for about 10 years now and uh, I'm so excited that you're here Ed, would love for you to introduce yourself, take some time to talk about who you are, what you do, and the neighborhood that you live in.
1: Okay, well I'm Ed Finstemacher and I uh live in the williams Woodland park neighborhood association um i have been there for 34 years now and i work for uh, the united methodist church in the area of church development i'm not a pastor but i hang around with pastors an awful lot so i do uh, work in the area of helping churches be more effective at carrying out their mission as well as helping start new faith communities
0: all right well tell us Tell us about Williamswood and tell us about the neighborhood that you, your wife, and your family live in.
1: It is an amazing place. And I can say that because I've experienced other places and for us it's been a real joy to to live there. Um, I at one point was working out of Marion and uh, at the times people were wondering if we were going to move to Marion and I actually decided not to because our neighborhood was so important to us as we were raising our three sons. And it was such a unique place, a place of community, a place that I belonged to and was a neighbor to others and others were neighbors to us. I just didn't wanna leave that place. So it's a special place.
0: Well, when, we, when I was thinking about this series, um, this idea of neighboring, you know we really thought that the first the first guess when we talk about neighboring we really think about neighborhoods and um, the places that we live as being kind of the quintessential place that we call home as being the neighborhood. And so um, because of our work in, in NeighborLink, where we're trying to connect vulnerable homeowners to neighbors that are interested in helping them to serve their tangible needs, uh, we thought it would really just be a great spot to start with neighbor, mm-hmm. the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And uh, fortunately, we live in a really great neighborhood where there's a lot of neighbors like yourself that take a lot of time and interest. And mm-hmm. Um, the place that they live. Mm-hmm. Curious, why, why, did, uh, why did you and your wife and your family choose uh, Williams Woodland 30 years ago?
1: Actually because the job that brought me to Fort Wayne required that I live in the neighborhood. Okay. So part of the deal was you're working for the church down the street, the Times Simpson United Methodist Church. I was on the staff there and they wanted me to be a part of the community and actually live in the community, so I they owned a home, the home that we now own. So I rented that for the first three years that I was in the in the um, neighborhood.
0: So that was that's part of church church culture, or in some cases where you know you got assigned to to a particular area, a particular church, a particular neighborhood, and they you know uh, invited you and said you know this is kind of part of your work. Mm-hmm. At the time, how did you and your wife feel about that? Was that a choice that was, just came natural, or was there some resistance? Had you guys decided or wanted to live anywhere else?
1: Uh, well, actually, at the time, I wasn't married, so okay. my wife had no say in, in that at that point. Later on, she, we had to mutually decide to, li- to live there. But um, it was really due to the fact that part of my job was connecting with the community. And you can't do that very well unless you live in the community. So that was part of the intention. And I needed a place to stay anyway. And it's a beautiful neighborhood. So I, I didn't have any reservation.
0: Talk to me more about the idea of proximity. You mentioned that, you know, part of it was being in and part of the community. What role do you feel like proximity plays in the whole idea or concept of of neighboring in general
1: well i think that the reality is we can't be a true neighbor in the fullest sense unless we live in the neighborhood i know of people who have done ministry in neighborhoods in fact my own neighborhood but they don't live there and they don't have the same relationship as I do, being a resident of that neighborhood. As much as they would love to be a part of the neighborhood and connect with the neighbors, even though they do a fine job of that, they still are limited because they're not a resident of the neighborhood, mm-hmm. they're coming from outside. And I think that that's just a, re, uh, a part of being um, in a community. If, if you don't live in the community, if you're not a part of the community, then I think it becomes somewhat of a barrier.
0: Do you think that's just on an individual level, or um, do you also think of that from like outside groups or um, businesses that that may have an interest in transforming a particular area, uh, whether it's faith-based or or not? How do you how do you see that playing out besides like an individual that has an mm-hmm. interest in seeing a neighborhood transform?
1: I think for me, uh, when I when I'm approached or when an organization from outside the neighborhood comes in and is interacting, my initial response or thought is that I'm just in a sense an object to them. That for whatever reason they've chosen to come into the neighborhood because they see some kind of value in doing that that will benefit them. And I think that um, It's not fair to them, but I think I have some prejudices or preconceived notions as to their motivations, which may not be true at all. But I, I tend to feel like they they see me as um, someone that they're going to meet, and they won't remember my name uh, Mm. next week because they're gone, they're out of the neighborhood, and so without. A relationship. Um, there's not a whole lot of value. There's not a lot of incentive in developing a relationship. Yeah. In my mind.
0: Yeah, I remember uh, personally, like to that point about ten years ago, when when Michelle and I, my wife and I, were looking at moving into the neighborhood, and this was very much a an intentional choice and a decision for us. Like we were volunteering and serving, uh, and coming in and out, very transactional, where. We were using NeighborLink and some other things that we were serving in to identify people that needed help through traditional sources. And so the way of volunteerism is you kind of drive across town and you help someone and you mm-hmm. interact and then you go back. Mm-hmm. And you, we started realizing that there was a disconnect between, mm-hmm. like that became hard, that became unsustainable. Mm-hmm. And we started really wrestling with this idea that proximity matters and we should probably be very intentional about where we choose to buy our first house. Uh, can it be close and to where we're serving and where we're spending a lot of time. And it's really hard, even with someone with good intentions, we we think back and saying like we had a an intentional, missional desire to move into a particular neighborhood and even move into Williams Woodland, like we want to be a part of something, we wanna uh, be part of the transformation. And so we we looked at things even then with the right heart, but as the object that you said but realizing over the last eight or nine years that, wow, this has been far more about our own transformation in this Mm -hmm. than, Mm -hmm. and about the people we get to meet and the relationships. Mm -hmm. And now we reflect back, you know, really quickly after we moved in and saying, oh, this is, this is home. This isn't, there's a big difference between wanting to do good in a neighborhood than being present in a neighborhood and allowing, you know, to be a part of what's, and I'm curious if Absolutely. you've had similar experiences, especially maybe when you moved in to to the way you guys look at the neighborhood now.
1: Yeah, I think that for me, when I was a renter, um, I may have viewed my neighbors a little differently than when I cho- chose to own the home. Okay. I think that there that may be a a, 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 a factor. Because when a person's renting, there's this sense that this is a temporary situation, or it can feel that way. And as a result, we, we don't put the energy into building relationships, getting to know our neighbors, getting to know our neighbors' names, because we know we're moving on at some point in the perhaps near future. For example, I have a neighbor near me, whom i've tried to get to know and to get to know their name but i can tell from their body language and the way they respond to me that they're just passing through and so it's very difficult for me to develop a relationship with them because i think in their mind they aren't going to be there for a long time so they're not investing in the community they don't come to the the activities that we have they don't chit chat with the neighbor two doors down, they don't uh, come to the neighborhood meetings and so forth,
0: so there is a big difference in the the culture of a neighborhood between if you're renting or so. or
1: between between owners being an owner I think so, and I think that one reason why our particular neighborhood is a strong neighborhood is because seventy percent or so are owners, and so I think it becomes a real challenge when like a, Two blocks down, the neighborhood changes and it's the opposite. It's 30% are owners and 70% renters and I think the challenge to create community there is much uh, more difficult.
0: Yeah. So having an ownership stake makes a huge difference in in the state of of a neighborhood and the health of a neighborhood. Mm -hmm. So in the the 30 plus years that you've lived in Williamsville, then how have you seen the neighborhood
1: change? It's It's been uh, interesting because I've seen a generational shift in actual age. When I moved in, of course, I was one of the young people at that time, not anymore. But there were a lot of empty nester retirees who I've watched their homes sold to very young starting families, much like yourself. So I feel like the neighborhood in one respect has gotten younger. And, uh, also, I think that, um, the, uh, amount of, um, crime has it, we still have crime. Security is still an issue, but I don't feel like it's as bad as it had been when I first moved into the neighborhood. I think that uh, the fact that uh, in our particular neighborhood it's uh, historical has historic status that's helped attract people with certain values that are investing in their homes and their property, and uh, as a result, it's more stable than it had been when I first came,
0: yeah. For, for neighbors that are interested, crime is always, you know, a conversation that's constantly um, being had. Mm-hmm. Uh, depending on whatever the crime is, there's this uh, tendency that we end up uh, becoming fearful in those situations. Uh, but as you and I have discussed, there's a difference between when, when crime is just outside the neighborhood or when you understand that it's a bit targeted or... Mm-hmm. Um, conflict in general. I'm curious if you would share a story or if there is a story that comes to mind that uh, illustrates like when something maybe negative is happening in the neighborhood, like what what is your first response and how have you maybe come and approached it at from a different place? And I remember you sharing mm-hmm. about the story of the, the neighbors across the street.
1: Yeah, a couple weeks ago, now that it's gotten warmer out, we've had windows open and so in the middle of the night like. 3 in the morning, my wife and I are in bed, and we're hearing this yelling across the street from one of our neighbors. And my first reaction was, oh no, here we go. And uh, so there was some some, uh, loud conversation happening. Cars left. 20 minutes later, cars came back. More conversation, yelling, and that kind of thing. My first reaction was uh, to just call the police and say, take care of this issue. They're bothering me, they're keeping me up. Um, the second thought was to go across the street and, and let them know that what they did was keeping my wife and I awake and we didn't appreciate that. And, you know, come on, be a, be a better neighbor. Uh, thankfully, I had a third thought, <laughs> which I ended up running with, and that third thought was, I don't really even know these people, who because they, they had this individual had just recently moved into that home. I didn't even know their name, and before I went with option one or two, shouldn't I at least find out who they are? <laughs> sure and that's what i did that actually that day um i went over across the street and i just introduced myself and found out who he was discovered that we knew a mutual friend who worked at the same place he works found out that he was watching uh children for his brother and and so it wasn't even the people i thought were making the noise it was someone totally different all that's to say that in the last few weeks, every time I see him, including today, um, when he, we're out, he looks at me and he smiles, big smile and waves. And to be honest, we haven't had any problems ever since. Yeah. And I just think, what a shame had I gone with option one or two, because that would have taken us a totally different direction as, as neighbors. And it would have been, we would have missed so much. Because we have the potential of having a great relationship and having a lot of fun frankly.
0: Yeah so it sounds like making the choice to really move with the question that came to your mind and and step out in kind of faith to to, maybe there's more to the story here with our neighbors. Yeah I don't
1: know the facts really.
0: Therefore, um, but we move so emotionally at times mm-hmm. uh, because it's a, we're, we're woken up or especially, whatever. Uh,
1: especially at night when you're not thinking real clearly.
0: <laughs> I think that's one of the, such great things about our neighborhood or at least when I think what being a neighborhood neighbor looks like being, is those that take, take the time to like go and try to ask the questions and find the story before making a decision. Mm-hmm and uh, getting to know people like Mm -hmm. we're all dealing with life circumstances and they can uh, they can impact us at any time Mm -hmm. we don't really get a choice and uh, when there's a story and we get to know that we it gives us permission to respond differently Uh, to kind of wrap up i'm curious uh, how would you answer the question what does it mean to be a good neighbor
1: well i think for me it starts by me not viewing the people around me as simply objects and by that i mean just people who live there Uh, people who come and go but to begin to actually see them as people who are valuable um, in and of themselves and that when I interact with them and they with me, that our relationship brings even more value to our community. And so for me, it, it's, it's actually seeing the people, not just viewing them as, as you know an object or the person that comes and goes, but actually seeing them, getting to know their name, beginning to understand who they are, hearing the stories of their, their life experience and building relationship so i think that's that's really a challenge because i don't always do that i have my own agenda and when i come out of that door of my house i'm usually on a mission going somewhere doing something but i need to take the time to walk across the street and have that conversation um because my life and theirs is going to be richer as a result
0: do you find with that do you find that uh that more people want that kind of response um, for themselves and from their neighbors than maybe uh, act that way? you know. Do you find like mm-hmm. deep down through those interactions when you do that, do, is that something we really want for ourselves? Or do you think that that's kind of a unique thing? Um,
1: I think there are some people who are um, content to be living their lives pretty um, independently and, and uh, aren't, you know, they may be introverts, they may simply not be wired to, to have uh, yearning for interaction, but I think for most people, we have a real deep hunger for community, real community. I think that our world is full of pseudo community, Uh, Hmm. through social media and interaction on devices and all of that. I think there's a a real hunger for real community. And so even the introvert or even the person wired a little differently, I think even they appreciate when there's an interaction, a genuine interaction with someone who truly cares about them and who they are.
0: Yeah, well, Ed, thanks for your time today to come and share and be a neighbor. And most of all, thanks for being a good neighbor. And you too. Uh, It's uh, inspiring to be able to walk around and and see how you interact with other people and how you uh, are leading and taking initiative and in your own unique way that this speaks to you. And I know that inspires a lot of us to kind of step in and and take take advantage and and move forward with the things that are speaking to us. Mm -hmm. And so thanks for being a part of part of our series and oh, kicking us way, off. Sure. This is this is great. Mm. Well, thanks for uh, tuning in to the first episode of Neighboring, this podcast where we sit down with people like Ed and just ask, what does it mean to be a good neighbor? We have so much to learn from each other. Mm-hmm. And this whole idea of neighboring happens in all different places, not just the neighborhood. And so over the next uh, 11 episodes, you'll learn from other people that are taking this to their workplace, to maybe their neighborhood, maybe in their family, or even the local uh, club or organization they're in. So stay tuned and we look forward to hearing what other people have to say about what it means to be a good neighbor. Neighboring is presented by NeighborLink, a volunteer organization that connects vulnerable neighbors with neighbors looking to help. Neighboring is produced by Punch Films, a national full-service video production company based in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Creative direction by Lindy Bazil and Lindsey Ray Porter. Music is by Metavari off the recent album Symmetry. Be sure to visit neighboringpodcast.com dot com to watch or listen to other episodes.